0: either one
1: of these any good wow this is a good movie it's pretty good well the director from yesterday doesn't think so it stinks you sorry you waste all our film it's so bad
0: welcome to the post labor day post summer uh movie season we're into it got something to talk about both on the big screen and for home streaming Welcome in. This is the Screening Room Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we're from MadWolf.com. Let's start out with something early, I guess, for spooky season. Is it officially spooky season? It Not is. Yet. September is it? 1, yes. Is it? Yes. Okay. I have I you have, have spoken. You have, That's right. <laughs> all right, then. We're in it. So <laughs> this one fits. 1956, France. A priest is murdered. An evil is spreading. The sequel to the worldwide smash hit, The Nun follows sister Irene as she once again comes face to face with Valak, the demon nun in The Nun 2.
1: This thing, it's come back for me.
2: This demon was once an angel. Rejected by God.
1: Stripped of power.
2: back
0: it's okay to be scared
1: I'm scared too you send that thing back to hell
2: go ahead and say it
0: Second to none.
2: <laughs> that was
0: that was the title
2: you would have voted for.
0: <laughs> I would have, but uh, I was overruled. I wasn't even asked. So it's the nun. <laughs> it's been how many years? It's been a few years. I think it was twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. I think for yes. the for the first nun. Although we've seen the character mm-hmm. in different, you know, in back in the in the Conjuring universe, and always, thank you to Bonnie Aaron's, always such a striking figure. Oh
2: yeah, she is in everything. Yeah, in, in everything she does um and uh, she's great in this and the thing is it's a great character you know and and i think uh, it it's a character has always been a character in need of a proper film you know um i mean she was she was fine in in the uh, there was nothing really wrong with the way it was represented the first time we saw her was in the second conjuring movie yeah. but the second second conjuring movie had so many villains mm-hmm. that she didn't really get a proper i think a proper yeah, you uh, had Bill stage, Wilkins Bill Wilkins, House, oh and, and uh, yeah the crooked, crooked man, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right and so then uh the nun right which was uh it's funny that it says it was an international smash because actually I think at home it was uh kind of a dud I, a lot of people really hate the movie the nun um i thought it was capably made but not very scary and part of it is because um I, I just sort of think that we might be past the time where we look to the Catholic Church to save us, right? Yeah. I just do. And so I think that that, you know, that still sort of plagues this new one. But they do a couple of things that I think help to help to sort of take steps away from that.
0: Well, the first thing that jumps out is this one's rated R. It is rated R. So that R. raises hopes. It does. For getting a little more serious. Then beyond moving beyond jump scares, because if you look at the trailer for this, two jump scares are revealed in the trailer. Uh, So looking at the R rating, though, raises the hopes for more than that.
2: Yeah, it's pretty jump scare heavy, but um, it does have some some really sort of elegantly macabre set pieces. You know, they make great use of. First of all, the insides of Catholic churches, which can be quite gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And then also sort of ruined chapels and cathedrals. And, you know, they they all have the big the statues of the saints and the Holy Mother that have, like, sheets over top of them. And there's a lot of opportunity for creepy stuff and they do they do a nice job visually like with the the atmosphere in this film and the the way the things look
0: and it's funny i just read an interview with Tessa farmiga who said they filmed a lot of it in an abandoned church which she said scared her to death yeah she said the the architecture of it the the confines of it just scared her
2: yeah it was you know and they, they make great use of of uh stained glass windows which can be really effective in horror movies um I'm looking at you, raw head wrecks. Sorry, can't help myself. <laughs> but you know, um, I do think that there's a you know the movie has a lot going for it. So so, um, uh, Sister Irene, she's in a she's in a convent now, and nobody knows who she is. Nobody knows. They talk about the famed nun who took Defeated, down the yeah. demon, but nobody knows it's her. And Storm Reed is another uh, sister at the convent who doesn't really want to be there. Her her, her dad kind of dropped her there and she's stuck there because it's 1954, so things like that still happened. And um, when a, an archbishop comes and, and requires that that the sister, that the sister ring get back into this investigation because it seems like the demon is starting to kill people across uh, across the continent of Europe, she says no at first and then she has to do, she's compelled. And so then Storm Reed's character, Sister Deb, Runs and catches her. And it's a funny when you stay with those two as they sort of try to track down Valak, it seems silly. It seems like this silly two nuns investigators, sleuths, and like and you know, the backstory there with the, you know, and the the sort of relic that they're looking for that will help them banish the demon. That all seems a bit silly. But when you stay in the boarding school where um if you remember Maurice, who was uh, very charming in the first Nun, the, the sort of handyman. Well, he's possessed and he doesn't know it. And so he's the reason that this is being dragged from place to place. I'm not really giving away. I mean, they, they let you know that in the very beginning of the, in the, of the film. Um and he's still quite charming. There's something very endearing about him and about this character. And he's the handyman now at this boarding school. That's always creepy because, first of all, it's a whole school full of children, and when children are in peril, it just ratchets up the tension. Plus, again, the the chapel is very creepy looking. So they do a lot. There is so you've got, and of course, you've got the nun, who's a very scary character, Valak, and that nun, and you know some great shots of her, and and uh, they, they do some great things visually with her. There is a second villain that just pops in and out and is very weird and fun and creepy. <laughs> so the story itself is is kind of dumb. Uh you know, but I think what they do with it the
0: way they execute it and the way the film looks is is is
2: you know it's decent. It's it, it's a middling effort, but it's better than the last one.
0: Yeah, and maybe not leaning into the R rating as as much as some of us might have hoped.
2: No, I'm honestly, I'm in retrospect, I'm not sure what they did to merit R, but it is. It's got it packs more of a wallop mm-hmm. than the last one or then, honestly, I mean, there are a lot of people who will say that the whole Conjuring universe really speaks to them and I I it's that it doesn't to me. The first one I think is a great movie. The second one I think is fun but has Kind of disjointed mess. A lot of the offshoots, the the, the Curse of La Yorona, which this is the same director. Not very good. Yeah, director Michael
0: Chavez. Michael Chavez, who, who did also did one? the most recent. The God devil made, me, devil the made, devil me, do made it. me do it. Didn't care for that right. really either.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty middle of the road on the whole Conjuring universe. Plus, I I mean, I just think it has to be said that of course the Warrens, if you don't know it, were horrible, horrible people and hucksters. <laughs> so just know that. Um. I did. I enjoyed this movie probably more than I expected to going into it.
0: And better, you say better than the first one. Better than the first one. I do think it's better than the first one. Yeah, and that is The Nun 2, not second to none. Don't be fooled. We're (laughs) we're (laughs) We're still waiting for that one. The Nun 2 is in theaters now. Stay in theaters for another sequel, this one a part three. After traveling to Greece for a family reunion, a woman attempts to locate her deceased father's childhood friends. My big fat Greek wedding, three.
2: A lot has happened since my big fat
0: Greek wedding. Back like I never left. Woo! My
2: father passed away, and his last wish was for us to visit his childhood village and reconnect with our roots. So we're having a reunion. We're going to Greece. Oh, yeah. One, two, three, four, three, one. Well, and by we, I mean oh, the whole family. Oh. Who
1: wants to block Paging lucky Anybody by the name of Sulaki on this flight? We got these families.
0: Well, we had to look it up. The first one, the first big fat Greek wedding, 2002. Mm-hmm. So over 20 years. Yeah. And then you said you said part two was 10 years ago. Yeah. I said it was five. It was seven. So, so right in the, middle- the Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I think everybody pretty much agrees. The first one was a charming. Decently funny, breath of fresh air, surprise worldwide smash. Mm-hmm. God bless everybody yeah. involved. Yeah. Nia Verdalos, God bless she wrote that one. Didn't direct it. Didn't she did she wrote the second one, did not direct that. The second one was just awful. The second awful. one just seemed like, oh, I guess we have to do a sequel, so here it is. Now here's part three. Now this time she writes it and she directs it. And you know, it's I guess it's better than the second one, but boy, it it's just another awkward clumsy attempt to be funny and to recreate the magic of the first one Mm -hmm. which you just you just can't do when you get lightning in a bottle like that yeah and you know the first one was all about the lessons that she learned clearly very personal to Mm -hmm. her her big family greek family that a lot of people could identify with yeah
2: we had a, a friend was over Uh, and and he and I were talking about it he's from a very big Italian family I am from a very big Irish family and both of us said if you're from a large very ethnic family because both of us we have first generation you know uh, it it speaks to you like you know what it's like to introduce a non-Irish person to a giant Irish family (laughs) yeah you know
0: I totally get it and but but now we've seen the Windex thing and and everything like that so if you did like all that, you'd like the first one and even the second one, I mean, pretty much everybody's back because the deal here is they're going to Greece for a reunion. and the mission that Tula has in her mind, she the, the, the father, of course, has passed away, Michael Constantine as he did, and the character has passed away as well. So she has his journal from his life and he she wants to give it to his childhood buddies. Who are presumably still alive and living there in the in the town, the area where they lived in Greece. So, everybody is invited back to a family reunion, and while they're there, they're going to track down her dad's buddies and then give them give them the uh, the journal. So that is why they go over there. But it's just a series again, a, a series of antics that are not funny. When you know you've got the crazy aunt Andrea Martin, you mm-hmm. know and of course she's over there for for two minutes when she says she knows all the ways around the shortcuts backwards and forwards and then te- 10 seconds later, everybody's lost. Mm-hmm. Is that hilarious to you? <laughs> if it is, you you're gonna find a lot of laughs. Uh, I didn't find many laughs here. It, it's also it's one of the worst it's one of the poorest jobs of editing I've seen it in a movie in a long time. That's too it's bad. Just, it just screams poor editing. you're like, wow. This made the final cut. The editing is really bad. The direction is pretty weak, how it just goes from disjointed little bit, little antic to to the next. It's one that I think would have done probably a lot better in streaming because it's one of those that we, we know now some are, you know, they're engineered by algorithm to be a streaming movie. And this one is one where you wouldn't have to pay that much attention. You get up to feed the dog or whatever. You come back, oh, there's another crazy little antic by by a family (laughs) member. Oh, Greeks! And then you leave the the room. (laughs) Opa! Opa! You come back and they're doing it again. (laughs) It's that over and over. And everybody's likable enough. I mean, Nia Vardalos is very likable. Yes, she is. Everything since... That first my big fat Greek wedding has just been just really weak attempts to recreate that. Yeah. Just clumsy, ham-handed humor and and very generic type direction. Again, here the editing is terrible. And even Greece, you know, you can always count on Greece to, to be look beautiful. Jaw droppingly yeah. beautiful. I want to go there tomorrow. Yeah. You see some not really, so much here. Not too bad, and which is surprising, yeah. really, yeah. even Greece. So I just found it really, really disappointing. Uh, still, a, a step up, I guess, from the second one, but the second one was just so <laughs> bad, so bad that's not saying much. So um, just if you're if you're just a diehard fan of the franchise, and I'll be fair, I mean, the screening that I went to, there were a group of people in front of me who clearly were and were enjoying it. So hey, have at it. But uh, I didn't find much to uh, like here at all. Pretty disappointing for my big fat Greek wedding. Three in theaters now. Let's stay in theaters for a very funny and likable film. This is a comedy drama that focuses on Georgie, a dreamy twelve-year-old girl living happily alone in her London flat, filling it with magic. Suddenly, her estranged father turns up and forces her to confront reality. It's called Scrapper. Who's hey,
1: Georgie? Who's Oscar? i
0: Jason i your
2: dad.
1: Can't stay for long.
0: I'll stay as long as I want. You think you'll stay?
1: I don't care. I think you can just turn out and say, sorry, but it'll all be all right. Your mum never wanted me around, you know? She said that, did she? I knew it. But you didn't even try. Come on, do your job properly. Go, 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 go. <laughs> I didn't think I needed you. Whoa, one. <laughs> I don't need you to replace mom. I need someone. That was it. That was shocking. Shocking. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this one took the Grand Jury Prize at Sundance, and what a charmer this movie is. If
0: you don't like this. I'm, lo- I'm looking at you. you. You have something really wrong in your life that's bringing you down because it's such an uplifting movie and it's only like 84 minutes of just magic and fun. And first of all, it's the feature debut for writer-director Charlotte Regan. She's had years of short films, also a lot of music videos mm-hmm. and some TV work. So this is her feature debut and it's the acting debut, as far as I can tell, for 12-year-old Lola Campbell. L-O-L-A Lola. And she is fantastic. I mean, what a natural. It reminds me of Brooklyn Prince from the Florida Project. Right, right, right. Just, where did this kid come from? (laughs) I mean, the the comic timing, which is something, especially at 12 years old, you can't teach. No. This girl has it. Just (laughs) deadpan, droll. There's not a ounce of 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 pretension or I mean everything is so authentic. She's got great chemistry with Harris D- Dickinson, who plays her estranged father. We've seen him recently in uh, Triangle of Sadness right. and some other things, and he's very good. But this this little girl just steals the show because Georgie, her, really at the center of this movie is really heartbreaking. Heart as fu- as fun as it is, heartbreaking grief is at the center of it because she has lost her mother, and she has somehow convinced social services and everybody else, that she's fine. She's living with her uncle, whose name is Winston Churchill. (laughs) (laughs) And how she manages to pull all this off is very funny. She's a little hustler. To get money, she and her friend Allie steal bikes and sell them. And she's just got everything going, and she doesn't have time for the dad that she's never known to show up and say, hey, I'm your dad. She hangs up signs around the house that say, get lost. (laughs) (laughs) He says, I can stay as long as I want. And they just go back and forth, and it's just hilarious. And part of it also, uh, Charlotte Reagan, the writer-director, has bits of... You know, flights of fancy where her infra, her uh, imagination, Georgie's imagination, comes to life with these spiders that live in her house that she won't kill. She imagines them as having their lives, and one is King Spider, and and you, you see all that when she gives them different voices, and she has different imaginary. Lives that maybe her dad has led before he shows up. Maybe he's a gangster, and then it cuts away and shows him as a gangster. So, but you can understand that because probably this is something that a, a child of this age would do to cope with the loss of her mother: re- resort and retreat to her imagination. And even though, okay, she probably wouldn't actually be able to pull off living by herself. <laughs> the point is that that's that's the uh, at the heart of this is. Something that's really never in doubt. Of course you know they're going to bond. Of course. Mm -hmm. But it's how they get there. And it's so charming and so funny. And just it's one that's hard to pry the smile off your face (laughs) while you're watching this for a quick 84 minutes. So really this is one that will just put you in a good mood. And I'm really looking forward to seeing, well, not only with Charlotte Reagan because she's, she's clearly a talent as well in features, But uh, Lola Campbell. I mean, write that name down. (laughs) I want to see what she's up to next because she is just a natural. And that one is out in theaters now. Highly recommended, called Scrapper. Let's go back to horror. Don't mind if we do. Two couples take a weekend getaway in the middle of the desert only to discover that their Airbnb is already occupied. It's a long and bloody night told from four points of view. It's called Eight Found Dead. Two new friends. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting out of here. Our friends are on their way. You keep saying that.
1: But I don't even think you believe it.
0: What did you do to our
2: friends?
1: These people are really freaking me out.
2: This is your weekend
0: is gonna happen to you
2: are you in danger <laughs> no sweetie just you what sets this movie apart there are two things number one is the title. Because you're never in doubt, right? They tell you right off the bat, eight of these people that you're going to get to know <laughs> found dead. Mm-hmm. And then that they do uh, play with the, the chronology of the movie because you, you are seeing the same scenes from different people's points of view. as uh, So two couples, uh, in, uh, an Instagram influencer and her boyfriend, and then another struggling actress and her boyfriend they all go to this Airbnb out uh like out in the, you know, sort of Joshua Tree area of California. And but they um they don't go together. They go in two separate cars and the, the, the friends get a much later start. So the Instagram influencer and her boyfriend arrive first and what they find is that there's this middle aged couple that's already there. Right. Uh, and then we cut to, you know, uh, these cops who get a call. They're screaming, you know, and then the other the other couple who arrives later. And every time anybody arrives, you know, it's it's just the older couple who is there. <laughs> and um, so it plays on a lot of the same anxieties as you know, like Barbarian, or there's a lot of, right now, Airbnb stuff. Well, yeah,
0: that's something that we've seen the rise of, not only social media movies and now Airbnb, and that only stands to reason because they are major parts of our lives now.
2: And there's a lot about them that could go wrong. And so, you know, this taps into that. uh, But, uh, you know, for me, and I know for you, what sets a a good horror movie aside from, you know, uh, uh, not great horror is the villains. Um, And these two are great. Liz and... Richard, especially Liz.
0: <laughs> yeah, they are played by, well, Liz. Liz is Roseanne Lemaris. I hope I pronounced that right. And Richard is Tim Simic.
2: And they are married in real life. And they yeah. play a married couple. And they're just, they're just toying with the people who come in. And they're so good at it. The the, the two performances are so great. Um, Richard is, he kind of uh, pushes the envelope. He's like this, you know, older white guy who sort of, periodically will say what you know an older white guy might be thinking that you don't really say anymore but you can tell that it's it's not really done necessarily because it's what he thinks he's doing it to see how far his company will go and remain polite so in those moments <laughs> yeah, yeah. it reminds you of something like funny games yes where you know they're really pushing sort of the you know the etiquette horror which which i, I found very or enjoyable. speak no evil speak which no is, evil oof. yes exactly yeah um it is not nearly as good as either of those films. That's not to put this movie down because those two films are um, like masterclasses in horror intention. But it is fun. And Liz is, a, she's a stitch. She's so funny at just sort of going from condescending to villainous to innocent she's it's really really good uh, the two of them are really really good the, not all of the performances are as strong as that although there are a couple that are probably better than the writing itself would would sort of give them the opportunity for so but on the whole again it's a pretty quick movie i think my only big issue with it is that the the very first victim that you see she's the camera ogles her so much mm. For no re- There's no payoff. There's no reason for that to happen. So when you start the movie, you think, oh, I'm watching a profoundly misogynistic throwback to the 80s. You're not. Give it a minute. I don't know why they started off that way, because mm-hmm. it definitely was a put off to me. But, you know, after the mistreatment of poor actor Jenny Tran, who was otherwise quite good... It, uh, it finds its footing and is very entertaining.
0: Well, yeah, it is a quick one. Uh, just like uh, we mentioned with Scrapper, this one is 83 minutes. Uh, director Travis Green, writer Jonathan Buchanan, and that is out in theaters starting this weekend, Eight Found Dead. <laughs> a thriller next in theaters, an African refugee's quiet existence in a sleepy mountain town in the south of France is upended by the arrival of a charismatic Catholic priest whom she recognizes as the warlord who slaughtered her family. This is called Our Father the Devil.
1: Matt
2: Wiener reviewed this one for us. It's from writer-director Ellie Fombe, and it is riveting stuff.
0: Yeah, as he rightly points out, because that synopsis, you hear that and think, okay, this reminds me of a few movies already because the central... Uh, conflict here is, is he or isn't he? Right. And what I found was interesting is that Matt says they actually answer that pretty early on in yep. the film, which a lot of movies like this don't do, right. but yet find a way to to transfix you and keep it uh, engaging throughout the entire film. So yeah, uh, check out Matt's full review. He was quite impressed. You can find that on madwolf.com. It's Our Father, the Devil, uh, in theaters now and recommended. And one more on VOD, a thriller. Insomnia spreads in a small town, causing fear and panic. As the situation becomes dire, two couples find salvation on an abandoned ranch. But as nefarious characters descend upon the land and claim it as their own, chaos ensues. It's called thirst. I'm sorry.
2: It's just... This feels different. i never seen him like this before.
1: Something's not right. And I can feel it. And I don't know how to make it stop. Do you need anything else?
2: Rachel Willis reviewed this one for us. And on the one hand she thought that it does a very good job of capturing what it really is like to be an insomniac. Yeah. Like exactly. It would
0: be horrible. Yeah.
2: And and a lot of times I think films kind of gloss over what it's really like and yeah. and and you get the feeling that perhaps she knows.
0: <laughs> Which Actually makes it again the, the the title a little quizzical because so many movies are called Thirst. Yes. In fact, if you're searching for information on this, you're gonna have a hard time finding it. You it's, need to look up the director. The director with Eric Owen is the writer and director, but it's called Thirst. But the central focus, as as Rachel points out, is his lack of sleep. Yeah.
2: And then, and what she says is, you know, it, it does really well when it sticks with certain characters. When it goes to other... They, they introduce other characters to kind of come up with this conspiracy theory mm-hmm. about what's going on in this town. That doesn't work out as well. She thought on the whole... You know, it was a pretty middling effort. There are some things it does really right, but there are enough things it does not do right to kind of level it out.
0: Yeah, and also there's a, a tonal shift in the third act, which, uh, according to Rachel, only works about about halfway. Yep. But check out Rachel's full review at MadWolf.com, and that is for Thirst on VOD Now. All right, let's head off to the lobby and get updated. Let's
1: all go to the lobby Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all
0: go to the lobby. Time to check in with Daniel Baldwin, aka the Schlocketeer, after well yeah, he was he was off last week, he right? Was. So fresh news and it's all gonna be just happy good news,
1: I bet, right? <laughs> uh, actually pretty much. Um I don't I don't have any uh big postponements for you this oh, week. So, all right. Uh, well first thing, the the biggest news in the past week was that Taylor Swift concert movie has been announced for an October 13th release. You don't Um, say. (laughs) That's big for two reasons. The first is that the moment it was announced, uh, Blumhouse and Universal immediately moved The Exorcist Believer up a week to get out of its way. (laughs) So the power of Swift (laughs) compels (laughs) you. No doubt. And then the other big thing is that she did not partner with a studio for the release. She went directly to the theaters, completely bypassed the studio system, and they are not happy about that.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> and apparently, it already has over a hundred million dollars in ticket pre sales. So you know, <laughs> it's her world. We're just paying rent. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. But moving on from that, um, Relativity Media has set an October sixth theatrical release for their action comedy Freelance, and that stars John Cena, Allison Bree, Alice Eve, and Kristen Slater. The trailer looks pretty funny. It's from the director of Taken, but it is not a special set of skills movie and it's an action comedy, so
2: Interesting. It's not the Taken serious like the latest <laughs> Neeson one. <so>. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And then there's the Sundance Festival Fave, uh, Fair Play. Uh, it's getting a limited theatrical release on September 29th, followed by a Netflix release on October 13th, and that is an erotic thriller st- starring Alden Ehrenreich, um, Bridgerton's Phoebe Denver, Rich Sommer, and Eddie Marsan. So getting a little spicy on Netflix in mid-October. <laughs> um, Amazon's apocalyptic thriller Foe will have a limited theatrical release on October 6th followed by a Prime debut a few weeks later, and that stars Paul Mescal and Saoirse Roman.
0: Ooh.
2: Yeah, that trailer looks That's good. That's good,
1: yeah. And then Netflix has a crime thriller hitting uh, their service on October 6th called Reptile that stars Benicio Del Toro, Justin Timberlake, Michael Pitt, Alicia Silverstone, Matilda Lutz, Francis Fisher, and Eric Bogosian. Yes.
2: All manner of yes right there. <laughs> yes. <Yeah.
1: laughs> And pivoting, there's a Blumhouse slasher comedy called Totally Killer that hits Prime on October 6th. And Netflix has an assortment of Wes Anderson short film adaptations of Roald Dahl stories hitting on October 13th with the big one being the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. And we've got two more for you. The first one is a festival fave horror comedy Onyx, the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls is getting a one-night-only film event theatrical release on October 19th. So anyone that's interested in seeing an an indie festival fave uh, hit theaters, you need to mark it down for that date. One night not only? Oh, yeah. Wow. Unless the ticket sales are high, that probably will be the only night. So,
0: Is that how Taylor Swift wanted it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I suspect that Taylor Swift movie is going to play all throughout October. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. for sure. And then the last thing is there's a documentary on the life of acclaimed spy thriller novelist John Le Carre, titled The Pigeon Tunnel. It's an odd title. Uh, that set a debut on Apple TV Plus on October 20th.
0: All right. We can always catch up with the latest news and notes. Follow Daniel on the socials at The Schlocketeer, and we'll talk next week. Thank you.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Looking ahead to next week, the big release is the latest from Kenneth Branagh and Agatha Christie, A Haunting in Venice. Also, Canary. That has a local angle. That's about yes, a a doctor here in Columbus. It is. Correct? All mm-hmm. right. Looking forward to that. Also, Outlaw Johnny Black. Mr. Jimmy, about Jimmy Page, documentary about Jimmy All Page. All right. Rebel. Elevator Game. Also one called Megalomaniac. The Inventor. Satanic Hispanics. Aporia. The Little Jar. And Americazzi All right. that's a That's a bunch. That is. For next week. So we'll see about those then. We'll see about these now. What do you think? Uh, maybe the nun two big fat Greek wedding three or scrapper. What do you think? Let's talk. We always enjoy uh, keeping the conversation going. You can find us easily on Twitter. That's at Mad Wolf. Also on Facebook and Instagram and Threads. It's all at Mad Wolf Columbus. And the main website where you can find all of our written reviews and our other horror movie only podcast. We're going to tape another episode tonight of uh, Fright Club. You can find that all there at MadWolf.com. So enjoy the movies. Keep in touch. Have a great weekend. And uh, until next week, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is The Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap.